Welcome to the TMR Podcast with your host, James Fisher, Editor-in-Chief of the Miramichi Reader Online Literary Magazine. So sit back, relax, and put a bookmark in that book you're reading, no dog-earing, and enjoy the TMR Podcast. Hi, I'm James Fisher. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of the TMR Podcast. And on this episode... Um, my guest, my special guest, is Luke Francis Byrne. He is the author of Fox Hunt, which is just being released, or just has been released, by Baraka Books, out of Quebec. It's a slow to medium-paced literary fiction, kind of a suspense, intrigue. Talk more about it, uh, about his other occupation, which is quite interesting, and more with Luke Francis Byrne coming right up. Well, welcome, Luke Byrne, to the TMR podcast. Hey, James. Thank you for having me on. Great. It's uh, great to have you here. Um, you're, uh, I guess, what you could be considered a new author. Uh, I am, yeah. <laughs> um, you're certainly young enough. You're about 27. Is that right? Uh, yeah, 26. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Great. So, uh, in your um, bio on the back of Fox Hunt here, in my advanced reading copy, it says, that uh, you grew up in Western, you're born in Ireland, grew up in Western Canada, and you now live in St. John. Um, how long have you been here in St. John in New Brunswick? Well, um, I moved back essentially when the pandemic hit. I was in Ontario for um, my master's degree, and I was in Ontario for two years. I was living in Kingston, Ontario for one year, and then uh, Hamilton, Ontario for the next year. And then when the pandemic hit, we uh, came back to New Brunswick, um, like many people did. So, yes. uh, so I've been living in St. John for about two years now. Okay, great. Uh, you mentioned Kingston. Uh, Kingston is my hometown. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, I'm know a Kingston boy. I, I'm uh, from there. Grew up and uh, born and raised there. Um, and a bit of a sadder note, I just read about Steve, Stephen Hyten's uh, death at age 60. I, I hadn't heard, no. Yeah, he's uh, well. He lived in Kingston. Uh, not sure if he was from there, but a famous uh, Canadian author. Uh, I guess a premature death. It didn't go into details, but anyways, on a on a brighter note, you have a brand new book out, Fox Hunt, from uh, Baraka Books. And uh, um, whenever Robin Philpot sends me a book, he also in- includes like a little, I call it a little love note from Robin. Right. And he says, "Dear Dear Jim." The enclosed novel will surely interest you. So he kind of he kind of has a, a finger on the pulse of what I like, and uh, what I like is good literary fiction, and uh, Baraka Books certainly produces uh, uh, some good literary fiction out of out of Montreal, out of Quebec, and uh, Fox Hunt was no exception. Um, I really enjoyed it. In fact, I read it twice, as I mentioned in my review. Um, first time I kind of sped through it and missed a lot of the nuances, uh, especially since there's a lot of intrigue. Um, there's, there's friendships and then there's what look like friendships and they're not really friendships. And, um, you know, there's turncoats and there's people breaking into offices and <laughs> all kinds of things going on. So to, to follow it, Uh, And, you know, and what all these things meant in the grand scheme of the story, uh, it it required a second reading on my part anyways. 
I sometimes tend to read too fast through and now, especially when I'm really enjoying, I just want to, not that I want it to end, but I wanted to see what's happening next. Right. So. Yeah. I understand that. I saw in your review that you read it twice and I was really happy to read that actually, because <laughs> it's not something you often see, you know, somebody say that, and it's a book that I really think people would um, benefit from reading multiple times. You know, obviously I'm a little bit biased there, but, yeah. but I do think that there are certain things that um, are easy to look past on the first read and need a little bit more, um, you know, excavation to get at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the characters. I, I really identify with Milne. Uh, he's such a, um, a passive person. Yeah. Um, uh, generally a nice guy, probably the kind of guy you'd like to live next door with or be roommate with or someone like that. Um, and he finds himself um, being wined and dined on a post-war uh, uh, symposium in Paris and being asked to be part of an editorial board for a new magazine. So he's, he's quite, um, I guess he's, it's quite a turn of events for him in his life. And it's something he's excited about and and the first half of the book is just, is just full of this um, bursting enthusiasm and anticipation from all, from all of the characters, in fact. Um, but uh, then it kind of takes a turn when there's a trip to Colombia. And uh, that's when the intrigue, I think, and the, the subterfuge really takes over. Yeah, uh, I think you're right there. I think the, uh, my intention was it, it kind of starts slowly, you know, and then things eventually begin to spiral and in a way i suppose that's similar to the plot structure of something like a graham green book you know where yeah. um things almost nothing seems to be happening for a little while and then uh, all of a sudden there's a tipping point you know um, mm-hmm. and so i was kind of working with that a little bit and i think the other interesting thing about milne um as you say he's passive and this is a time in he's a canadian writer for anyone who hasn't read the book you know uh, and he goes to london and so this is a time in Canadian literature when Canada was really trying to, um, I think, find a, a national literature for itself, you know, um, and it was positioned, obviously, in relationship to America, which was a, a new world power, um, had a new position of dominance after the Second World War. And then it was positioned also in relationship to England, which was um, kind of what defined Canadian literature prior to the um, middle half of the 20th century. Yes. So it's a, a time of complexity, I think, for Canadian literature, Canadian writing as well. Mm-hmm. I'm always interested when uh, Canadian, um, Canadian authors set their books in a non-Canadian setting. Uh, so you have post-war Paris uh, and London uh, figuring, figured, figuring prominently in the book. Um, and it's not, it's kind of a, it's not a place all the characters really took to. Milne seems to like it there. Um, he has a bit of a love interest in his best friend's wife. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, he brings over his friend from Montreal, Marguerite, um, who, and I find the women in the, the women in the story, very strong women and um, Marguerite's fooled by nothing. And uh, I, I kind of like that about her. Like, she was, she was excited at the beginning, but she can see where, you know, dealing with all these men and what's going on behind the scenes. She's a little bit more woke than all the other characters, I guess. You she is. Yeah. I think out of all the characters, if I really had to root for one, you know, I would say I'd be rooting for her, you know? Yes. So. Yes. And the other thing I noticed about your characters, uh, you don't go into a lot of descriptors about them. 
Um, I didn't really have a, you know, defined look on, on what any of the, the characters really looked like. You sort of know about their ages and you know, from their names, you can sort of maybe imagine a, a, a character or an actor or someone playing that role. But, um, but otherwise, uh, the, the characters sort of speak for themselves and they really don't need any descriptors, I, I found. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I did keep it vague intentionally in terms of physical description as well. And, and the book is kind of um, a murky book in, in some ways, you know, foggy and vague in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. And, and the characters are displaced in terms of physical location. You know, none of them are, um, well, most of the main characters aren't from London, right? right. Or from wherever they end up. And so yeah. um, I tried to really capture that in, in the, you know, the form of the book as well. Yes, it was kind of a, a UN of characters. There, there's there's American, uh, British, and Canadian. Um, yeah, there's some Russian ones in there behind the scenes, and yeah, some uh, some that were in the war and some that weren't, and and that was kind of a, a sore spot for Milne because he chose not to, or he chose to use his edu educator status, I believe, to uh, to not go to war. Yeah, um, and so. Um, he was looked uh, askance, I guess, by some of, a lot of his friends. He felt a bit of guilt from the people returning or th those that didn't return. Um, I don't want to get too, in, too many spoilers here, but yeah, no, and you're right. I, I, just, I love the book so much. I just want to talk about it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, and you're right, though. And there's, that's something that I was intentionally working with as well. Uh, and I think during that period of the 20th century, um, leading into the Second World War and coming out of it, the first half of the 20th century, there was this perception of literature in some ways as a kind of feminine thing, you know, within mm. um, a general sentiment, I suppose. And when a lot of men who didn't go to war um, were trying to reclaim a masculinity, you know, they eventually kind of mobilized the literary establishment for warfare purposes, you know, mm. intentionally or, or otherwise. And so, mm. Uh, I think that that's something that I was kind of playing with a little bit there, you know, um, and obviously that's, it's a critical approach to it. I'm not advocating for this, um, you know, perception of right. feminine or masculine literature, but, but it's just that that was the approach of the writers at the time, you know, so. Mm. Yeah, it all makes uh, for a very interesting story. Um, now I've got a couple of other emails uh, today from uh, that you're going to be uh, doing a book signing at, uh, in St. John at Indigo. Uh, April I am, 30th. yeah. On April 30th, yeah. Yeah. And um, hopefully this, I, I'm, I'm attending, I'm intending for this uh, podcast to air, uh, maybe not before then, but uh, you're, uh, the online launch is May 4th, Wednesday, May 4th at 7 Eastern time, an online yeah. launch. Um, now, can anybody attend that, do you know, or do you have to? Yeah, they can. There's a, a Zoom link. So anybody who's interested, um, you know, I can have the invite sent to. So they'll have to kind of RSVP to get the invite to the, the okay, um, all right, to the digital launch. You know, all right, um, yes. and so I suppose the best way to do that would be contact Baraka Books by email if they're interested, or if yeah. they know me directly, you know, and okay. get in touch, and and I'll have the all right the information sent out. I wasn't sure if if they had posted something on their Facebook page or. Uh... Well, they probably will. I'm not sure if they have yeah. yet. I haven't uh, kept tabs on that. But. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll watch out for that and I'll put a link uh, on the, with the podcast. 
Yeah, too. that'd be great. Yeah. So uh, you recently had another book signing, was in uh, Fredericton? I think it's I did. Yeah, I went down to Fredericton for the official launch. Uh, we did an in-person launch at Westminster, and there was uh, incredible turnout. I've been yeah. Um, really grateful for the support in New Brunswick in particular with the book. Um, I think a lot of people, whether they know me directly or not, have, um, you know, they know who I am and right. uh, are, are being supportive. And so that's great to see. And then the next day, uh, on the Sunday, I went up to Chapters um, in Fredericton and oh, yeah. we set up a table there and I did some signings and it went really well as well. We sold every book they had in stock uh, wow, and good. I had some great conversations with people who were interested in the topic and you know its relationship to current events as well of course and so it was really great yes great yeah westminster's a great little bookshop shout out to indie bookstores it is uh, yeah it's and, a great and, shop. and chapters for for being the chain it is it certainly supports uh i've noticed here especially in new brunswick they really support the writers here yeah um now uh, another question since we're talking about book signings do you enjoy such things some authors don't some don't, don't like to be in the public <laughs> eye but well, I think in some ways, I, I didn't mind the signing, you know, I, I, I do like talking to people on a one on one basis. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So I enjoyed the signing uh, when people came up to the table and talked about the book and then, um, you know, hopefully bought a copy. That was something I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but doing a public reading isn't something that I necessarily love. <laughs> so it was okay. a little bit intimidating for me to do the reading at Westminster, even though I knew most of the people. But yeah, it was it was great. You know, it was it was. Um, there was a great turnout and everybody was supportive and happy. So it was, um, I enjoyed it. Do you recall what section you read from Fox Hunt? Yeah, I read two sections that were, um, <clears throat> I tried to pick sections that were focused more on the language itself, the rhythm of the prose, um, as opposed to important story driven right. sections. So the first section I picked was, um, it's essentially after the fox hunt actually happens you know the there's a literal fox hunt in the yes, book. Um, yes and so in the aftermath mill meets marguerite in piccadilly circus mm -hmm. uh, and i read from that section because i really liked the way um that all came together in terms of the, the prose itself so i wanted to share that with people i thought that the story is easy to pick up on the characters are easy to pick up on, mm -hmm. but there's certain things that people read over, you know, without necessarily noticing. So I wanted to draw attention to that. And then the second section I read from was a little bit later on and some minor spoilers, maybe. So I won't go into too much detail, <laughs> okay. you know, or on the podcast, but yeah. I focused on that one because I really tried to emphasize a certain type of American writing and, you know, an American style of writing that mm -hmm. was somewhat popular, uh, short sentences and repetition, that blunt phrasing. And I did that because throughout the book, uh, there are times where I emphasize a more, somewhat, uh, somewhat a more British style. Sometimes yeah. I emphasize a more American style and they're two different styles are struggling for dominance a mm. bit in the book in the same way that, um, you know, the geopolitical situation was. So um, I wanted to also demonstrate what I was trying to do in terms of the writing itself. So I read from that section. Um, and I think there was a good response. I think people did see what I was, what I was, um, what I was doing, you know, I think I'll have to read it a third time now after, <laughs> after you tell me about those writing styles, I'll have to look for that now. <laughs> I'll send you an email with some more details. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> That's great. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm glad you could join us here and talk about Fox Hunt, and uh, I, I wish you the best with it. Uh, just a couple more questions before I let you go. Um, it also mentions in your uh, bio here that you uh, ghost did some ghost writing. I did. Can yeah, we talk about that? Do. We can. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I won't say any specific titles. And, no. But for the most part, what it is is books that are released digitally, and so for Kindle okay. and Kobo for people who read eBooks, and okay. they're generally genre books. I've ghost written and um, mostly westerns mm. and i didn't realize that there was such a market for westerns still but there apparently there's a huge market for westerns and when you go into a bookstore they don't have a huge western selection so right. it's not something i thought of as having a lot of prevalence anymore but on ebooks apparently it's a, a huge market and so i've ghostwritten a number of westerns and and some science fiction books as well and mm. i've also ghostwritten non-fiction books and and it's it's really just something that's pays the bills more or less you know okay yeah yeah understandable um so interesting different genres totally different genres than fox hunt well like western yeah, sci-fi it's something that i kind of stumbled into i was doing content writing you know kind of marketing and advertising writing for different companies content creation companies and i found an ad for a ghostwriter and i thought i'd give it a shot um, and once i found the first job i they just kept coming and so i for most of this year, I worked full-time as a ghostwriter, um, mm -hmm. and then I took a short contract position at the Kingston Peninsula Heritage Archives on Kingston Peninsula, okay. um, doing archival and research work for about 12 weeks, and then um, I've gone back to the ghostwriting now. So it, it's really my full-time job, um, huh. but it's, it's something I think that also gives me good practice for writing. You know, I sit down, and I have a word count that I need to get done, and um, I just, you know, I just do it. So yeah. it, it drills in good practice and, and uh, it's enjoyable to me, you know. Well, that's good. And, and are there deadlines too? Like do you have to- There have are, there's generally deadlines. And, and I write the books fast because they are genre books that are action driven. And so it, mm -hmm. I find that they're easier to write. Um, a lot of dialogue. And, yeah, a lot of dialogue and action sequences. And mm -hmm. the Westerns, you know, they might have a 3000 word gunfight. So, you know, yeah. you can, yeah. so it, and I do find when I'm writing something like a gunfight, when the action's heavy and fast moving, that I actually, I literally write faster. And wow. Which yeah. is interesting. So, but no, it's good. It's, um, it's, uh, something that I, I find good for practice and, and to, uh, you know, I don't learn the same type of things as I would writing something more, uh, character driven, more um, literary, so to speak, mm -hmm. but I, I learned other things, you know, how to move action along and plot and yeah. things like that. And so, so it's something I, I, I do find beneficial to my own writing, you know? Okay. So are, are you ghostwriting under like under different names? Every title is a different name or. Yeah, I don't, I basically what happens is someone will hire me um, a publisher or a private individual and either they release it under their own name or there's, often even a fake name you know they have an author identity who might not even be a real person and, right mm -hmm. and so that person writes series of books and the series of books are being written by ghostwriters rather than um a real yes. person and, okay and so i've ghostwritten books for certain authors who are also having their books ghostwritten by other people you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. so is that a, 
um, is that a, a large thing now? Like I know in the years, years past it, you know, people go, uh, you know, struggling writers back in the, you know, twenties, thirties would ghostwrite everything and they, yeah. you know, get anything published that they could, but, uh, is it a thing now? Like, a, I don't think so. I don't think it's that, that common, uh, or at least if it is, I haven't come across a lot of other ghostwriters, you know, okay. so, but it's, it's, um, I found my way into it and it's a good way uh, for me to make money while writing. And it's in this day and age, it's almost impossible to write fiction and make money off of it, to be honest, you know? And so it's kind of strange that you can do it if you're writing fiction that you don't claim (laughs) yourself. So, um, but no, yeah, it's a way to, it's a way to write and and earn a living. And, um, you know, that's what I want to be doing. So, okay. Well, that's fascinating because when I saw that, I thought, well, okay, let's learn more about that. And that goes yeah. something maybe not a lot of people are familiar, but like people write under aliases and, you know, nom de plumes and things like that. But yeah. Like and so this is different. It's different from an alias or, or a pseudonym because it's, um, you know, I don't claim any kind of credit for the book. I sell them off to somebody else entirely. Um, and it's often it's their plot idea, their, um, you know, their characters, their series. Okay. And, yeah. Wow. Wow. Neat. Oh, that's, that sounds like fun if you enjoy that kind of thing, right? Yeah. 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 Even more fun when it pays the bills. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so um, just uh, maybe one more question. Any works in progress uh, under your own name? Yeah, I, I've started um, a couple new new works. I'm working on uh, a novel, which it might be a while before that one's done, but um, you know, it's it's the one that I've the most interest in working on right now. Um, and I've also been working on a short story collection uh, with mm. a novella uh, in, the, in the collection as one of the stories. Um, I won't go into too much detail on either of them because right. they're, uh, they're still in the works in rough draft form. But um, no, I am writing and hopefully I'll try to get those out um, as quickly as I can, you know, to uh, continue to maintain presence. You know? Yes, yes, that's important. <laughs> Great. Um, well, once again, I wish you all the best with Fox Hunt. Uh, it's just been released by Baraka Books, available everywhere, independent bookstores, online, um, everywhere. So I encourage uh, people to look into it because uh, I found it, If and I like a slow to medium-paced read myself. And if you like that kind of read, if you like good literary fiction with some intrigue, a little suspense thrown in, uh, Fox Hunt is, is your kind of read. Well, thank you, James. I, I really appreciate your support here. So thank oh, you very much. You're welcome. And have a good evening and uh, maybe see you at the book launch online. Yeah, I hope so. Wednesday, May 4th. Yeah. Okay. Take care, Luke. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. another fun interview and uh, what a nice uh, young man uh, Luke Byrne is again his book is called Fox Hunt it's from Baraka Books and the launch uh, online launch is May the 4th at 7 Eastern Standard Time Uh, perhaps check uh, Baraka Books Twitter account to see if um, they will be posting a public link to that and uh, hopefully they will but um, check out his book fox hunt the reviews on the tmr website uh, i enjoyed it very much and uh, in fact i read it twice and then after speaking to him 
now I feel like I need to read it a third time. Uh, so I did enjoy it very much and uh, I encourage you to look into that. It's going to be definitely one of my favorite books of 2022. So that's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to uh, rate us, uh, leave us some feedback where possible, and it just helps others to find this podcast and uh, share it with all your bookish friends. Thank you very much. This is James Fisher signing off. TMR, the Miramichi Reader, Canada's best regarded source for the finest in new literary releases. Visit miramichireader.ca. 